0: Well, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church. And today I'm joined by Allison Oconee, the community care pastor, and Scott Hetherington, a member of our speaking team and transition team. Uh, Sunday, we talked about um, continuing our series, Letters to a Young Church. But um, this was our first week in a new book. Uh, We finished up First Thessalonians with Brian what was that? Two weeks ago? Now? Yeah. What was that two weeks? We took a we took a week off for a uh, snow. snow day, mm-hmm. um, and then Scott had the the awesome opportunity to try and cover what was that? Three chapters, Scott? <laughs> I think
1: I covered the whole New Testament with as long as I talked. <laughs> you covered the gospel. <laughs> yes. I went from Abraham to Paul. <laughs> yep. Well, and the
0: reason that you had that. You were, you know, between a rock and a hard place. is we've already planned what we want to speak about on Easter, and we don't have room to to chunk it out anymore, so we had to kind of ask you to do the impossible, Scott, which was to cover two weeks worth of material in one week. And uh you did a great job. You want to? You went for fifty three minutes, but I w- <laughs> I sat in there the whole time. I was there a the whole star. time, and I have a short attention span, and and I was tracking with you the whole time, and I thought it was great. Well, so.
1: You know Hayden the first service I only went like 47 minutes mm-hmm. but you were in the second service you kept saying amen you kept saying <laughs> things and I felt like oh my gosh this is going well you kept encouraging me they so liked yeah. me. I put the I put the blame on you <laughs> Well well it's it's no
0: surprise that second service is our more lightly attended service everybody loves coming to first service second service not as many people so I don't want you up there by yourself, Scott. I want to <laughs> No, I be loved to, it. It reminded yeah.
1: I love a good little feedback from the crowd. That's what I was used to growing up, so it's good. <laughs> and I and I wasn't just I
0: wasn't just feeding your ego. You were doing a great job. So I uh I was being honest with you. So I thought it was really good. And um I was gonna ask you what you cut for your sermon, but I imagine you didn't cut anything. So <laughs> You added. I kept what adding. What should you have cut. <laughs>
1: Actually, I did
0: cut some stuff because I was like, "Man, there's you did. just too much here." But so you did. Okay. Yeah. Well, how about um, before we hop into that, let's talk about um, when we first started this series in First Thessalonians. I asked Allison and Brian what's the general idea or theme of this book, and um, I don't think that you guys gave me like a clear cut. This is um, you know the exact theme or message about first Thessalonians and you can give me that answer as well Scott if you haven't noticed like a common narrative th- thread through Galatians but is there anything that comes to mind
1: um yeah for me the theme of Galatians is freedom Freedom. it's freedom in Christ okay. it's about how salvation is in faith through faith and it's mm-hmm. freedom in Christ and freedom from the law
0: mm-hmm. to me
1: that's what the that's the center of what Galatians is about yeah That's awesome. Yeah. And and we'll get in and we'll get into that in some upcoming chapters. mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And I was in the office today chatting with, with, uh, with Brian and Allison. And that seems to be not the exact route that Brian's going with his message this week, but that's, he mentioned that quite a few times about freedom. Um, so I think it's going to be exciting. I, I love when we're, we're talking through a book and there's a common thread that you can, you can look back and say, Oh, that's, you know, Scott preached about that two weeks ago. Brian, you know, preached last week about it and we're still hearing about it just in different lights. So I, I've always enjoyed that when there's some sort of cohesive thread going through it. Um, and the the main point that you landed on, would you say that is pretty dang close to what Paul was landing on for the first chapter of Galatians? I think you said um, Jesus plus... Nothing Uh, nothing equals everything, correct? And then Jesus or salvation, and then Jesus plus anything equals slavery and death, correct? Is that it?
1: Yeah, I think. Yes, I think the whole thing I was trying to get across is that for Paul, he was so adamant that if you add anything to the salvation message, Mm -hmm. all right, it's it's nothing. You're taking Christ out of it, so there's no reason to move forward because. If you add it there and you move forward, everything you do moving forward is just enslaving you to the law in your own works. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we're trying to escape. Yeah. That's exactly why Jesus came is to remove us from the equation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're not a we're not a number, a numeral, an exponent, mm-hmm. anything in the equation anymore. It's all Jesus. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's why I was trying to get across with that. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where
0: I read your notes beforehand when I was putting together, um, you know, slides for Sunday in the morning. And, um, it was one of those things where I think that you have a, you do a really great job of when you write something out, it just does not click with me at all. Like I'm reading it and I'm like, I don't know what, I don't <laughs> this know what Scott go badly. is thinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it like, makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. And then you say it and I'm like, Oh, okay. I like this. I like this, but I read it and I'm like, I wonder how that's going to go over. And then I heard it and I, all the appropriate setup happened for your main point and what, you know, what Paul was getting at. And I thought it was a such a, such a unique way of saying what you said. Right. I don't know if you agree with that, but. Well, and I can't
1: take full credit for, you know, this is reading other commentaries and listening to people like, you know, Tim Keller and John Piper and, you know, um, other people that I like listening to, it's it, it's a lot of the same messaging you hear around mm-hmm. what Paul's trying to tell us. And, mm-hmm. I mean, every now and then I come up with some very creative ways to say <laughs> things and do things. But oftentimes it's just on the inspiration and mm-hmm. knowledge and shoulders of others that I've read yeah. and learned from. Yeah. Is
0: that um, – did you spend a lot of time listening and reading other people's kind of takes on these chapters? Or was this more of a um, – Scott and the Holy Spirit, mainly the Holy Spirit.
1: Um, the this one I did a lot more reading okay. on what other people were saying and yeah. looking things up, reading through my commentaries a bit. Because I'll be honest, it's been a while since I'd gone through Galatians.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I just wanted to make sure what I was seeing. And I was also mm-hmm. a little bit anxious that if I had just jumped right into chapter 2 and 3, there's no context of why Paul's mm-hmm. so angry. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like angry Paul all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't have the backstory of... Mm-hmm how Peter even messed everything up by behaving the way he did and all of that. That, That's where I think the challenge was just how to summarize everything and lead into some kind of message. Yeah. And how well I did on that, I don't know. I think we covered Mm -hmm. a... And here's the other thing. We're dealing with a meaty topic that doesn't Mm -hmm. get dealt with a lot in the modern church. Mm -hmm. It it just doesn't. Mm -hmm. Allison looked like she was going to say something there.
2: No, I'm just, you know, I, I keep thinking... We'll talk about this later. I just keep thinking Arbor-centric and I'm like, oh my gosh, how does this apply to Arbor right in this time? Because what's true then is true today. So what was Paul seeing in this little church in Galatia that you know we can also identify as being a struggle for, for Arbor in this time? So that's kind of jumping ahead, but I get really enthusiastic about that, <laughs> mm-hmm. just thinking about how um applicable and relevant uh the issues for then are still Mm -hmm. true for us today and it's good to keep going back to the gospel the pure true gospel and nothing Mm -hmm. else you know that it's jesus and nothing (sighs) you know
1: yeah and i don't i think that's a little bit maybe where i dropped the ball this week alice and i think we've been doing really good of connecting it to arbor why is this important for us now and I don't think I did as well with that this time through, but I think I hope that we set a, st- a platform for moving forward in Galatians that we can make those connections better. Mm. In yeah. what way, Scott? In what way, what? To build the platform? Yeah, if- yeah, yeah. Well, I think I was so focused on getting getting through the three chapters and what Paul was trying to say to the Galatians mm-hmm. that, I, that I left out some of what I call like the good – Disney sticking points or the the connection to here's what we're going through, Arbor, and how it relates, mm-hmm. other than the fact that there's going to be things the enemy is going to do to undermine what we know to be the truth and have you walk away from the truth. Mm. And it's going to be so slight at first that you may not see it till years later. Mm. And my hope is that as Arbor walks through all of this, whatever's happening around us will remain central to the gospel and what Jesus tells us. That's good,
2: well, I know in twenty twenty the capital C church, not just Arbor but the church worldwide has seen um people struggle in their faith right because mm-hmm. they're trying to um add things to the gospel, I think, or like they're mm-hmm. trying to um, they're trying to do it right, they're trying to do their Christian walk right, and the way they interpret things sometimes. Um comes a little sideways. The, cro- the hills that people are dying on <laughs> for their faith are really mm-hmm. interesting ones. But so for me, I felt like this was a very pure message because it just mm-hmm. distilled everything back to Jesus and mm-hmm. Christ alone. So for mm-hmm. me, it was really refreshing. And it also was super educational. I love the 53 minutes or 59 minutes or whatever. <laughs> whatever <laughs> of, uh, it was being,
1: less than 90. I promised it'd be <laughs> less than 90.
2: <laughs> you <laughs> came through. Getting schooled, you know, in in, in the doctrine here. This mm-hmm. matters. It matters. Yeah. And it makes an impact.
1: Mm-hmm. Allison, you just said something. And like I had this little light bulb on in my head about... Where we've been since last March, you just said something I thought. A lot of us believers, I'd say most of the believers and Christians have been removed from their pattern of practicing Christianity in their life. Mm -hmm. The rhythms they've been set Mm -hmm. up on Sunday mornings, a small group, this Mm -hmm. this reliance of external things that we've built church to be is like a modern day version of the Jewish law to the Jews. Mm-hmm. They practiced it and lived it for so long to say that you don't have to follow it anymore. So for me, it goes back to what I could have done. And what I'm thinking of right now is that when you go back to the simplicity of the gospel, it's Jesus in you, Yeah, yeah. That's it's right. personal, local, immediate, okay. Jesus in you. And as you grow in your faith, we often add all these external things that we think we have to do, and they're good things to do. Yeah. The law is good, but now when it's pulled away from you, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are left with this vacuum of I don't really know what I believe or why. How do I how do I do relationship with Jesus without mm-hmm. all these external things? I, that just came to me right now in the moment.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm. No, and then there's that desperate grasping for the things that like. No, 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 no. My faith must have this one element here, and I will right. desperately go after it um, because I don't want to lose my faith. But uh, so, but everything got turned upside down in 2020. You couldn't grasp onto things and have them be the same. Your faith walk looked very different, and it needed to take on different um, practices. So you mm-hmm. couldn't grasp after the old stuff necessarily. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm.
0: That's good. You guys, Um, Scott, I do want to kind of hop into the rhythm of our previous podcast and ask what was some, what were some things that you might've had to cut out during this process when you were trying to get this, this message into a Sunday time slot?
1: Um, I think just, I think the concept of explaining to a modern day in 2021 what the law meant, why was that such a critical component? Mm-hmm. and that's that's not something for I mean, when you talk about the law, we're like that's so ancient and old. why were seems so legalistic and yeah. weird? Why would people hold on to that too tight, so tightly? But I think there's so much depth and understanding of what the law had become mm-hmm. in the Jewish culture and life and still is today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's highly revered and followed because of it being part of someone's culture and someone's racial identity. And it becomes Mm -hmm. their spiritual identity in Christ as well. Yeah. And I think there's a depth to that as we look around the world. And I've had a small benefit of traveling to some corners of the world and watching culturally and racially how people interact with their faith in God. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's kind of like, whoa, what's going on here? This doesn't, Mm -hmm. but we hold on to things. I think we have our own, unknown experiences and biases with our own relationship and religion of Jesus. Yeah. That it's hard to see something outside of that. Yeah. And that's what the law was. And we still have it in our own lives today. We just don't even recognize it sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's like a whole series. You could do in of itself. Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: Didn't you challenge awesome. us to look outside the, our, our experience or our way of doing it? Didn't you encourage us to, um, go practice or expose ourselves to other ways of of faith or worship? or.
1: I think I tried to in my own personal story of how I grew up in such a very legalistic church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's when, you know, my second family, I call them the Lunsford's moved in next door, two houses down and mm-hmm. started this whole, you know, Pentecostal faith church that I fell in love with the people there and how they did things. Mm-hmm. And yet I collided with some things as well. And then mm-hmm. part of the story I didn't tell is for a while they shared a building that was an older church with an addition and they met in the addition and the older mm-hmm. church was an all-black church oh. in Idaho Falls, Idaho of all places. <laughs> and me and Shane would sneak over there. We'd sit in the back and we'd watch the service and be like enthralled with that. Totally. And I think what I was just trying to tell people is like, I'm not asking you to go examine all these different faiths and figure out what your truth is. It's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is if you haven't had Fellowship and interaction with people who experience their faith with Jesus on the same truths, but in a different cultural, racial, um, social dynamic than you do, you're limiting. And that's why I used the picture of Titus, why he was mm. so important. I'd love to do a message just on that sometime is that story trumps anything that we think we've believed before. It, mm. it makes you encounter something in a different way.
0: Hmm. You,
1: you kind of piqued my
0: curiosity. Can you talk more about Titus, what, what you would like to share?
1: Well, up till that point, everybody that was a church leader at the time was Jewish. Mm-hmm. And now here was Paul recruiting Gentiles and training them up mm-hmm. yeah. to become pastors and leaders. And Titus was at the forefront of that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and he was Greek. All right. He was probably, what was considered one of the most pagan people at the time in the Greek culture, and then you know, mm-hmm. in the Jewish culture. Yeah. And he had nothing to do with Judaism. Didn't grow up around it. Didn't know any of it. And yet here he was when he told his story to the apostles, they couldn't argue with him. And this is what's Paul whole, Paul's whole point is: is that you've allowed the law to not only tell you what you should do, but who should be bringing in into leadership. Mm. And I'm telling you, that's not what it is. If you want a true multicultural, multi-ethnic church, it's for everybody. Then your leadership better represent it. Cause if it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's just hypocrisy.
0: Wow. So that's,
1: that's what I think of when I see Titus.
0: Wow. And so relevant for today as
1: well. Yeah. Wow. As who was it that said, um, Sunday still remain the most segregated hour of the <laughs> week. <laughs> I
0: don't know who that, who said that, but I believe it. Um, Wow. So I'm actually kind of curious, Scott, because we talked to Brian last week about his process of writing a sermon. And Allison, correct me if I'm wrong. Brian told us that he reads the commentaries first, right? And then he reads the passage. Scott, is that a similar process for you? Or do you start with the Bible and then move into either commentaries or other sermons or Podcasts are you someone that starts with the Bible then moves to research or research and then the Bible
1: <laughs> I'm probably guided a bit by my own hubris and arrogance at times,
2: <laughs> so I, have, I got this. i usually yeah
1: <laughs> I usually read the scripture and I like start mm-hmm. writing my thoughts of what I believe it's saying mm-hmm. that I also know has been informed by what I've been taught before yeah um and so I get that written and I look at it and then I'm like, okay, this section here I wonder what a few I wonder what a few commentaries say about that. Mm-hmm. So then I start researching different parts of my message through the lens of other people. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes I found, oh, I like the way they said this better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. In fact, I, it was about halfway or three-fourths of the way through my sermon when I stopped and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to the Bible Project and just watch their little nine-minute mm-hmm. video on Galatians. Yeah. And if you go back and write that, watch that, you'll see a lot of that <laughs> mm-hmm. come into my summary, a lot mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, Because I felt there's a good way to summarize what I'm trying to say succinctly. They do it beautifully. Yeah. So for me, I kind of just get my thoughts on paper mm-hmm. and then try to sift it through the knowledge of other people that I respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I always took that as, I mean, that's the way
0: that I've, I've probably preached like four times in my life, but that's, that's the way that I do it as well. So when Brian had informed us that he, Goes to the research first and then reads the passage. I was surprised; and I, I felt like he had a pretty good answer on why he did that, but um, it was just kind of curious to me. And, and you and Brian preach differently, and I I would have assumed that you guys research differently, but um, do you, do you see the benefit of of the way that that you do that in your sermons when you when you have your own personal touch on it or your personal context or even the context of, of Arbor in mind first versus going through the research and then writing down your own personal thoughts on it or your Um, insights.
1: I don't think there's a right or wrong way. I think there's a very, I think what I lack, you know, I never went to theology school. I always (laughs) wanted to, I never did. And I think, Mm -hmm. I, I think there's a benefit that you gain from going there of how mm-hmm. to do what Brian's talking about. I yeah. think he probably has some more background knowledge and training mm-hmm. in that than I would. I yeah. sa- I've sat under some very brilliant, you know, theologians in my mm-hmm. time that weren't senior pastors, but brilliant theologians. and mm-hmm. was blessed to learn from them. So there is a there is a science and a technique mm-hmm. to writing out a theological sermon, and mm-hmm. I don't I don't fault that at all. No. I've known about myself for a long time. I'm not Mm -hmm. really a preacher. I'm a a storyteller. I love Mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I did youth ministry for so long, because storytelling carries so much weight there. And I'm always trying to look at things through that lens. And Mm -hmm. I look at kind of like Luke, the way he Mm -hmm. wrote. He was telling historically a story. He wasn't trying to be Mm -hmm. theological about anything. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of fall into the camp of like a Max Licato or something like that. Who's Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to take this true theology and try to find a story that will hit people in the heart Mm -hmm. and then challenge their mind. Mm -hmm. Other people try to challenge the mind to move the heart and there's no right or wrong way. No. Um, I just think you got to know your audience, but I lean more towards the side of story first. How does this Mm -hmm. align with the theology? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I don't know if there's a right or wrong to that. No, I
0: don't think so. I, I think it's awesome. The, the diversity in preachers that we have at Arbor now. I mean, I think you and Brian preach differently. Allison preaches differently. And now that we get to throw, you know, Cliff in there, I think there'll be a lot of different styles of preaching that will, I I think it'll be so cool to look at letters to a young church in our future series and how each week is going to be a little bit different, but especially Mm -hmm. in a, in a book like Galatians where you do have this common thread, you're going to have four different people that are hitting on things in a different way. And I think that a lot of people
1: are going to learn from those different styles. So, well, I think we need to get back, you, you back up there for your fifth sermon in your lifetime. You should get back <laughs> up there soon. No, absolutely, I'm serious.
0: Absolutely not. I, I, I clam up so hard when I'm not, when I don't have a guitar in my hand, or if you don't, if you called it a podcast, maybe I'd be able to, to do a sermon.
1: <laughs> I said that before. We should do a podcast sermon some Sunday. It would be great.
0: I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think that'd be really cool. Um, who knows if anybody in the congregation <laughs> would learn from it or like it, but I think it'd be really fun.
2: It would be fun. Yeah. Let's stay innovative, you guys. Yeah. Let's stay. I mean, sure. I, think, I think that's something we've learned this year is to be creative mm-hmm. and innovative. And, yeah. And yeah. uh, let's keep doing that. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. It's been it's been. I think I've told you this in person, yeah. Scott. But it's just been so great to. Um, it's been it's been great to have you come in and speak because we've had you know Allison and Brian speaking more than they have in the past, and the same thing for you, Scott. And it's been so nice to, I think. When when Allison's preaching, I get to I get to hear a little bit about the method, and I get to hear um, her and Brian kind of you know workshopping the message together, and vice versa when Brian's preaching. But I think it's been so nice to be able to attend on a Sunday and hear a sermon. -hmm. And have absolutely no idea what I'm gonna hear, right? Like I've read your (laughs) notes. Yeah, who's gonna say? (laughs) (laughs) But it's been it's been so nice to not be involved in the process, right? It it feels like I get to sit down and attend church, right? And it's been so great because you've been preaching a lot. You've been, I think, in the last what six weeks, you've preached three times. Is that yeah, correct? It's been about, it's been about yeah. every other
1: week, I think. Which has just been so great because it's so. Oh, like, I'm, I'm really glad we got Cliff yeah. on board now, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm so I, was, I was actually yeah. a little bit nervous. I'm like, he's probably listening somewhere. And he's going to be like, this guy's not talking anymore. He's off. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's black.
2: <laughs> he actually was there, awesome. second service, listening to you, right?
1: I don't know. Was he there live? I didn't I, see him. I don't think he was there live, Alex. Oh, he wasn't able no, to be? Okay.
0: No, I don't <laughs> think so. Um, <laughs> But no, it's it's just been so nice, Scott, and I've really appreciated you preaching as much as you have, and and you know serving Arbor during this
1: time because it's just well, been so. Great. I would love yeah. to hear from you guys, like questions you had or what you took mm-hmm. away or what resonated with you. I often wonder that because people mm-hmm. will be like, "Hey, how did your message go on Sunday?" I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. You have to ask. Nobody <laughs> said a Listen to it. <laughs> and yeah. and, oh no, people say things. I got a lot of compliments, but mm-hmm. I'm always wondering what res- what specific part resonated with somebody that others you know did
0: yeah i think i i think i've never in my life identified myself as a as somebody who would be considered like a legalist right or, or i or cling to the idea of legalism um but it was either this last week or or 2 weeks ago i was talking to somebody about some feelings that i was having and and they said you and it's funny, Allison was here for a part of this conversation, but I, they, they said to me, you kind of sound like the brother of the prodigal son right now, you know? Like you you have put in the, the work, you've done X, Y, and Z, and you're upset that, you know, the prodigal son's coming back and you've been doing all these things to, uh, you know, to keep things going and afloat. And I sat there and I started to think about, how legalism and and following the rules or or you know listening to every mandate that's been put down i don't think i ever identified with it but then i thought about it, even in, in church in my own walk and other people's walks when i'm you know giving advice or counseling of like legalism is not what we what we think it is right and you did a really good job unpacking that in your sermon but i definitely felt convicted you know the message because i had heard it before in the week someone you know not trying to make me upset or throw shade at me they were just you know giving me wise words, you know, of advice of, you know, maybe you should check yourself a little bit. And um, it's definitely made me think about it this week of, am I clinging to some form of legalism, whether it just be in the church or my own spiritual walk of, you know, I'm doing all the right things, but this person isn't, and they're getting all the praise for it or ex- whatever <clears throat> that is. So, um, and I talked to Brian today, cause we we're talking about stories for his sermon. And I, I brought that idea up to like, why don't you talk about the the prodigal son? You know it says verbatim in the uh, um, in the scripture. I listen to every rule that you gave me, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "What does that sound like, Brian? It sounds That's like good. I've never thought about that. Yeah. That's a great parallel." Mm-hmm. So, what about you, Allison? Um.
2: Well, for me, I feel like I mean, mm-hmm. as the community care pastor, I care for the flock, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I am concerned with their concerns. And I was thinking about listening through the lens of the of the people. And mm-hmm. I think that people gen, genuinely start grasping the law as a way to love God back. Like they're mm-hmm. like, I, I revere and appreciate you. I, I want to honor you with my life. And so there's this thing that I do that I feel like pleases you. And so mm-hmm. I want to continue doing that one thing. And then that becomes the thing (laughs) instead Mm -hmm. of um, just being sensitive to the spirit and listening to him Mm -hmm. guiding you, you know, I don't know. I can think of that's the
1: thing. That's exactly what you said. There's nothing wrong. If we have Mm -hmm. a, like, I think of friends of mine that, you know, still believe in a lot of sacraments and, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, ritual and stuff. And, But they're also very profound and they say, I I have, I recognize that this has nothing to do Mm -hmm. with increasing my relationship to God or my salvation. For me, it's a thing of respect that I do to honor the holiness of God. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a difference between that or when it becomes the part of you that defines how holy you are in God. Mm -hmm. If you do X, Y, or Z, or don't do it.
2: Right. And maybe a good test of that then is to have that thing removed and to be like, you know, is Is your face still there, (laughs) you know, without the thing, the sacrament, the, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it was. Um, So anyhow, I think that people do start from a great place and then Mm -hmm. we can get a little sideways on these things. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden we become worshiping the thing instead of worshiping Mm -hmm. God. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a, it's, it's a slippery slope, guys. Yes. (laughs) And so, you know, I think it is like Hayden, even your humility and being able to examine the thing in your life and go, mm-hmm. is this becoming a problem? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think that's such a beautiful thing for the Lord to just even watch you with humility and a humble spirit, being able to get wanting to give up the thing that might have come between you and, and the Lord. So mm-hmm. I mean, the whole process of this self-examination can be really, um, I don't know, a beautiful sacrifice to the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. a humble, right. contrite spirit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I think that the self-examination, I wish um, we were evolved to the point that we could give study, you know, like, like, let's talk about this in groups. Let's, mm. you know, <laughs> let's journal about this, you know, yeah. we, that's me also just trying to put things in boxes and make a chest checklist and, you know, but rather maybe just lean into the spirit and ask the spirit, like, is there something that you want to point out in me that has mm-hmm. become this, this thing I put my faith on instead of mm-hmm. in you? Like, have mm-hmm. I put my faith in something else? So yeah. I don't know.
0: And I don't, and I don't want to just, you know, point fingers at legalism and say, you know, how how could you how dare you? Cuz I think that it's such a human it's it's such a fleshly human thing that we do, right? To yeah. take things into our own hands, right? And say it's so much easier for me to accomplish these things. Yes. than to put my faith in God and just say, right. yes, you are the salvation. You've got me covered versus I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. I think I could do all these things and I could be saved. Right. I think it's such a human, it's a human struggle, right? Like we, we at times desire to be our own God in our, in certain ways. Right. And, and to, to put our faiths in ourselves. So. And
2: we're trying to make sense of it and we're trying to make sense of like other people too. That's where Mm -hmm. I think the real danger is is (laughs) deciding who else is saved Based yeah. on their outward behavior and you're like, Nope, you cannot possibly be saved because you're doing these things, and yep. you know, in my yeah. way of looking at things, that doesn't mm-hmm. equate faith in Christ, so yeah,
1: yeah and I think I said my message there's also the other extreme where some churches and some of us go, Well, then it's really you just be good and loving to everybody, mm-hmm. and whatever yeah. people bring to the table they can bring to the table and as long as we are good and kind to people, mm-hmm. we're all going to the same place. Yeah. And that's, that's what another part you could have delved into, but yes. I want, didn't want to in that message because that's addressed as we go through Galatians 2, mm-hmm. that with freedom, there's responsibilities. Yeah. Um, yep. And so there's that whole aspect of it too, that can mm-hmm. become the law in people's minds are so stuck on the fact you won't tell me what to do that you're never going to make me do anything. Mm hmm. And there's not a holiness in that either. No.
2: Well, so, and that's that H word right there. That's the one that I also, you know, kept thinking about too, is holiness mm-hmm. and living a holy life, you know, like as a desire to be close to the Lord, like that yeah. you want to remove the things that are keeping you from being like yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and those things we get hung up on too right <laughs> so um but to be holy and strive for holiness and as a way to be intimate with the lord um but to not become legalistic about it
0: it's mm-hmm. a real
2: that's there's a tension there
0: yeah yeah and i'm and i'm glad you you dived into to both Scott because I think it is it's an, is important to to know that balance and to not just flip to one side or the other, but also remembering that someone else is gonna probably be talking about that in what next week, couple weeks?
1: Yeah, they'll yeah. in the next few chapters, Paul addresses it. Yeah. Yeah. So good.
2: Angry. Um
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Paul we know and love. Um we've been talking for about a half an hour, so I think it might might be a good thing to start wrapping up soon. Um, yeah, I'll, Allison, is there anything that, uh, I don't know, you want to talk about or or you've been thinking about during this podcast?
2: Um,
0: or your notes, because I know you're a note taker. Yeah, you I, said you had a couple questions. <laughs> I
2: did make notes. I'm always making notes, but I can't see them because I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> <I'm
1: kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> Working with That's the hilarious. elderly,
2: this is what it is. Uh, No, I just loved your point about how the enemy sows uh, confusion and that he probably delights in throwing all of us sideways all the time, getting us off the true gospel and adding in, like, extra things. So I thought about Mm -hmm. that, just, um, you know, I I thought that that was a great point. I think it's true, Mm -hmm. and I think that it wouldn't be – uncharacteristic of the enemy to be doing that. Mm-hmm. So I just look at divisions in the church and I think, oh, I'm sure he loves that. <laughs> you know, um getting us off track. So Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well I think wow. one of the things I go back to a lot of times, I don't I don't I have crazy things in my head that I've heard said. I don't remember who said them, but um when I think of when I think of Satan and his biggest goal is that What makes a really good lie is there's just enough truth in it Mm. to make it believable. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at him throughout scripture, he's using scripture and enough truth in there Mm -hmm. with, you know, garbage surrounding it, that that's what I think deceives a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And we forget that he knows the word of God very well. He used it against Mm -hmm. Jesus himself. Mm -hmm. So that's where Paul says later, you know, be stewards of the word, knowing how to rightly divide the word of God. Mm. Because if we don't do that, that's how we begin to get led astray. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what angered him so much about these Judaizers who grew up in the law. Mm -hmm. They knew the scripture going into a Gentile area that hadn't been exposed to it and causing this confusion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a shame on you.
2: Uh Don't Mm
1: -hmm. use your knowledge to, you know, to, to go out and cause confusion amongst people that's not right
2: and dude mm. you talked about too how this happened in the first generation after these people <laughs> were like walking with jesus himself yeah. living with jesus like he just yes. had been here a minute ago and yeah. then all of a sudden now we're getting all mixed up in our theology and um it, it was like 20 years after jesus pieced out right. it wasn't like mm-hmm. you know it wasn't right
1: So we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves. This happened under (laughs) Peter, James, and John, the three beloved disciples, Jesus' inner
2: circle. I mean it was happening right under their watch. I mean, that just astounds me to to think about. Because you think, My gosh, shouldn't you know better? You know, Mm. couldn't you do better, people? So, (laughs) (laughs) anyhow, grace for us. (laughs)
1: Exactly. It is all about grace and mercy for us.
2: (laughs) Those are all my last thoughts, Hayden. That was awesome, Allison. I don't.
1: I I was being honest. Okay. Were you? (laughs) (laughs) There's no sarcasm on this podcast. None. none. Authentic honesty.
2: Never.
0: Never. (laughs) Well, I don't have anything else for you, Scott. I just want to say thank you for your message. It was great. Um, I really enjoyed it, and I thought uh, a lot of people at Arbor probably felt the same way, and and learned a lot from it. So again thank you so much um brian speaking this next sunday correct allison and he is what do we land does he land on a title for his message if we want to plug that
2: slave ship versus sonship which is like are you related to the law or are you free from Mm -hmm. it like Mm -hmm. we're still kind of pursuing that concept that common thread And and tonight, I'm going to post, like Wednesday night, I'm going to post the Bible Project Galatians clip so that we can all like go even deeper. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Then people can see, you know, where I forged some things, (laughs) took some things from.
2: (laughs) He's a fraud. (laughs) No, you cited your sources. That's good. You can do that. I
1: did. I did cite my sources. I stand on the shoulders of those who do it better than I. (laughs) No lawsuits here
0: at (laughs) Arbor. Awesome. Well, a couple of plugs for things. We are continuing our Lent uh, programming on Facebook and Instagram. So if you want to continue or jump in now, totally cool. We're going to be posting them 7 a.m. in the morning. So if you're an early riser and you want to spend time with, with God in the mornings with our Lent practices, that's available. Um, this Sunday, we are having kids in the building for the first time in a long time um, at the 9 a.m. service, and I believe Allison, there's there's a way to register the kids or yeah. are they if you,
2: okay? If you go to our website and click mm-hmm. uh, attend online or sorry on campus, <laughs> yeah, um, there's a link and you can sign all your kids up.
0: Awesome. Okay, yep. and then uh, we'll have. Are we going to have a short little spiel from um, Cliff this Sunday, our new interim pastor?
2: Yeah, we're going to see him in person. So awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll get to meet him and his wife.
0: So awesome. Exciting. Yeah. Awesome. It'll be fun. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of big things this Sunday and moving forward. So um, again, you can register online to attend in person for nine or eleven a.m. If you want to bring kids and have them involved in the kids ministry, that's just at the nine a.m. And then, um, yeah, I think that's everything. And then and Cliff will be here at uh, both services, correct? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. It'll be fun. So, yeah. All right. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. And uh, thank you for all you watching or listening to the follow-up podcast. And we will see you guys next week.